0: So over the years, it's really become my greatest passion to help others get to know Jesus through His Word and through His presence. Through this podcast, I'm hoping to help you see the Word of God with fresh eyes, to learn to slow down with your Bible, and ultimately to fall in love with your Bible. So thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so glad to have you here. Today, we are going to talk about wrestling through offense and prayer. I have some weeks where a thought or a concept just really burns in my spirit, and this is one of those topics. Um, Sometimes I sort of just pick from the list of ideas that I've had um, over the course of the last year or so, but again, this just has been really heavy on my heart. We have to remember that Jesus told us that In the last times, many would be offended. And there really is a heavy spirit of offense in this day and age over so many issues. And that's in the world, but that's also in the church. And the enemy loves to use offenses to divide us from other people. And we have to constantly be on guard against being offended. Jesus even told us that it was impossible that no offense should come. We live in a world where we're broken personally, the people around us, in our homes, on our jobs, are broken. And so at some point, it is inevitable, we will be offended. And I'm gonna give you a little transparency warning. Um, You know how sometimes CDs, well, I'm kinda old. I don't know what it's on now, but there's parental advisory warnings on music. This is not a parental advisory warning, this is just a little bit of a transparency warning. Um, you are not listening to somebody who's got it all figured out you're listening to somebody who has figured out that the only way to figure it out is to get my stuff my issues to the feet of Jesus whatever it may be on that particular day but at some point in recent history I had an experience where I was really hurt it was a situation where I felt excluded I felt overlooked it seemed that something I had been told regarding a particular thing wasn't exactly true and I'm just going to stop there. Nobody knows what I'm talking about. But I woke up the day after this experience and I was just so grumpy. I was mad. I was angry. I was really weighted with this situation. and then thoughts began to spin off of that situation other scenarios started to be brought in and the case against a particular person began to be built in my mind. And this really just dominated the landscape of my mind for about 12 hours. Um, some of that time I was sleeping, but just throughout a night and then again when I woke up in the morning. And I knew that I had to get this into the presence of God. I really didn't want to. My preference in that moment was not to pray. I was just upset. I wanted to be angry. I wanted to call somebody and talk about it. I wanted to you know, hash it out with somebody, but I got myself ready and I drove to church and I got myself into the sanctuary and I had a good old fashioned prayer meeting and I truly cried out to God I may even have screamed. I begged God to help me never allow a shred of resentment or bitterness or unforgiveness to remain in my heart. And God did what he always does. He helped me process through that thing that I was dealing with that seemed so big and so overwhelming in the moment. And he helped sort it out. And I literally walked out of the sanctuary later that morning with every single speck of the offense resolved. I don't even recall how long I was praying, but God just helped me process through it, lay it down at his feet, and leave it there, and it has not bothered me since. Um, Before I get into the things that I really felt God laid on my heart that particular day regarding wrestling through offense and prayer, I want to just recommend a couple of things. I want to recommend um, a series my pastor preached called The Offended Series. This was years ago. Um, I'll link to it in the show notes. It's three parts, and it is so good for handling offenses. Um, That lesson, or that uh, series, was made into a lesson, the first lesson that we teach in our new member class at our church. And he put that lesson together. It's helped many people really understand what it looks like practically and biblically to handle offenses. So I will be going through that next week on the podcast. Um, I just feel, again, really strongly to tackle this. This is something that all of us deal with. It's pervasive in our day that we live in. And so I just want to spend a couple of weeks, I may even spend two more weeks talking about this topic. And then I also want to recommend Bait of Satan by John Bevere. This was a book. I've recommended it before in previous shows. But this book helped me tremendously, tremendously when it comes to um, offenses, when it comes to forgiveness, um, was definitely one of the keys on my own journey of forgiveness and dealing with some of the things that I had carried for a long time. And so... Again, those are just things I'm gonna recommend that will be great resources and great helps to you. We'll go through some more practical tips next week, but I just felt very strongly today to share the things that the Lord impressed on my heart in my own recent moment of struggle. First of all, God spoke to me so clearly, and he said, you can't carry a grudge in my hand at the same time. Okay, wow, I needed to hear that. <laughs> Grudges are heavy. Offenses are heavy, and they require us to hold them with two hands. And if we choose to hold on to an offense, we can't hold his hand. We can't walk with him. So I don't know. That really stopped me dead in my tracks and made me realize that it was one or the other. I could hold on to that and possibly allow that offense to become a grudge, to be unforgiving toward another person, to eventually turn to bitterness, or I could just lay it down at his feet, walk away from it, and continue to walk on holding his hand. It was one of those two choices. Secondly, I really, in prayer, felt God gave me two forms of perspective. First of all, he reminded me of how much he has forgiven me of. I do not deserve his forgiveness. God has been so good to me. God has been so merciful to me. And he just reminded me how much forgiveness I have needed. And it made it a whole lot easier to lay down what I was feeling toward another person. Secondly, I really felt in that moment he zoomed me out to see my community at large. And this was not a vision or anything like that, but he just impressed on my spirit that people in my community are addicted to cocaine people in my community are battling suicidal thoughts people in my community are battling addictions in every form they're contemplating divorce they're going through dark situations and just that type of perspective put perspective on my petty little thing that i was really hurt about it helped me so much and then lastly God reminded me of the power of praise and worship and I just really went into a portion of prayer that was just praising him, thanking him for his goodness. The enemy loves to use offenses to wall us off from other people. He loves to lock us down and imprison us through offenses. And if you think about it, that's what an offense does. It slowly walls you off from other people. And the walls of a prison are built one bar at a time. And so we have to choose. When we see a bar going up, we have to choose to just knock that thing down right then and there, not even allow part of a wall to go up between us and a brother or sister, family member, coworker, whoever it may be. We have to choose and praise and worship definitely breaks down prison walls we see this with paul and silas they were released from prison through praise the bible says that at midnight paul and silas prayed and saying praises unto god and their praise opened their prison door they had every right to be offended far more right than i have ever had to be offended about anything they had been beaten they were in prison they had chains they had fetters and yet bible says that they prayed and sang praises at midnight. And praise and worship take our eyes off of our situation, whether that's an offense, whether that's a distraction, whether that's any other scenario. And it puts our eyes on God. Our power is in keeping our eyes on him. And so that was just, again, for me, such a good reminder. And I really felt that God just allowed more of that offense to dissipate as I praised him. And then lastly, God impressed a question on me. Will this matter when you get to heaven? Wow. Kind of like you can't carry a grudge and my hand at the same time. This little thought just helped me so much. It was He was very gentle as I was dealing with these things for, again, this very brief period of time. But he was very firm with me. And so today, these are just a few simple reminders on dealing with offenses. We're going to talk about it more next week, possibly the next two weeks. And I know that offenses can run the gamut. We can be offended about teeny, tiny, minuscule things, and we can have great big offenses. We can be offended with people. We can be offended with God. So it really does cover such a wide array of things. And I don't ever want to make it sound like, oh, have one prayer meeting and you're going to get over it, because trust me, I know that is not the case I've been through plenty of things, but this was just a recent experience that I had where I saw the power of prayer in wrestling through an offense from the very beginning and not allowing it to become something more than it had to be. And so again, the things that I personally felt when it came to wrestling through offenses was you can't carry a grudge and it's hand at the same time. Two sorts of perspective, perspective on how much I've been forgiven of and the sorts of things that people in our world are facing. And again, it just made me realize that my thing was kind of petty when it really boiled down to it. Praise and worship still break down prison walls, help us put our eyes on him. And then lastly, that really most of the things that we wrestle through won't matter when we get to heaven. Like the old song says, what a day of rejoicing that will be. And all the things that seemed so big now are going to seem so tiny and so insignificant then. And so just that eternal perspective really helped me personally. And so today I am going to read an unedited entry. It sort of ties in, not 100% exactly, but it's just the entry that's been on my heart. This is from the book, Unedited Hope and Healing Through the Simple Habit of Bible Reading and Prayer. And it's called A Thing of Beauty. Don't worry, he's just forming a thing of beauty. Charles Spurgeon said those who dive in the sea of affliction bring up rare pearls. Jesus, in Matthew 13, said again the kingdom of heaven is likened to a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. From Wikipedia, Pearls are formed inside the shell of certain mollusks as a defense mechanism against a potentially threatening irritant such as a parasite inside the shell or an attack from outside that injures the mantle tissue. The mollusk creates a pearl sac to seal off the irritation. Pearls, thus, are the result of an immune response. Also of note, pearls are formed around displaced cells. Such displacement can occur via an injury. Okay, there are a million thoughts that could be spun off from that and a million things one could write about that. Oh, my. The other morning, the image of an open oyster with an enclosed pearl and the phrase, don't worry, he's just forming a thing of beauty, popped into my head. The illustration here is not nearly as cute as I'd seen it in my mind's eye, but true nonetheless. To quote an anonymous pinner from pinterest, no grit, no pearl. It is interesting to note that a pearl is formed as a defense mechanism due to a potentially threatening irritant or an attack from the outside that injures the mantle tissue. Pearls are an immune response. The mollusk within the oyster shell takes the irritant or injury that could be life-threatening and covers it over and over again with the iridescent substance known as knacker. It seals off the thing that is threatening its survival over a period of time by a process of repeated covering. The mollusk's goal is not to make a pearl. The mollusk's goal is to live in spite of the irritant. Its goal is to survive the attack. Its goal is to outlive the injury and in that process of covering, of defense, of surviving and unbeknownst to the mollusk, a thing of beauty and a thing of value is being formed. The defense mechanism and immune response are for the survival of the organism, but in the process of defending and surviving, beauty is created. The very thing that threatened its life becomes a thing of immense beauty and great worth. So it is with life. I am convinced that the greatest irritations, the worst attacks, the deepest injuries, and the most intense sufferings become the basis and core of the most beautiful things in our lives. When we choose to cover the pain in prayer, to cover the struggle with love, to allow God's mercy to cover flaws, failures, and imperfections over time, and through that painstaking process, immense iridescent beauty and high value are formed. Through this process of trying to survive, we discover that this thing, whatever it may be, is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified. The thing that could have destroyed you becomes a jewel, a treasure. It becomes a beautiful reminder of the goodness and preservation of God in spite of the irritant, in spite of the injury. In seeing it this way, it seems that pearls are actually scars. Scars that are a showpiece of the grace and love of an amazing God. Pearls are, in a sense, beautiful scars. And as it occurred to me recently, scars are beautiful because they are proof that the wound was not fatal. Pearls are proof of survival. Pearls are evidence that the mollusk was victorious. The injury happened, the irritant was there, but it became a treasure. The covering process took what was meant for evil and saw that God meant it for good. The pain allowed the formation of the pearl. It is also interesting to note that from pearls.com, when natural pearls are drilled into to be used in jewelry, there's often some really gross ooze that comes out. This is because of the original irritant, parasite, injury, or otherwise, that the pearl was formed around. The most beautiful, iridescent lives we see and encounter were made that way by the things we will never see. Battles they won quietly. Losses they endured privately. Tears they shed alone. Prayers prayed secretly. Suffering, struggle, and setback faced bravely. We see the resplendent qualities of their life but will probably never realize the depth of injury and irritation required to live brilliantly. At the core of those lives, there are more than likely dark days, lonely moments, and bone-crushing pain. If you could drill in, you would see it as their suffering, their will to survive that produced the beauty scene. They would probably ooze a little if you could see deep down. Those brilliant lives are thus, because they survived, because they overcame. That core of the pearl will look different for everyone. But in the end, we see that the irritant was overcome, the injury was not unto death, and beauty was formed. In that realization, we can say with David, I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. Thank you, God, that it is your grace that covers and produces the pearl from the pain. And so again today, just a little reminder to harbor no offense, whether it's with God or with another person, take that into his presence, wrestle through it until it has no control over you. And just a reminder again of those simple things that God laid on my heart personally, that I can't carry a grudge and his hand at the same time, the perspective of how much he's forgiven me and how much other people are suffering, the power of praise and worship, and that most things I'm dealing with now will not matter when I get to heaven. My goal is to get to heaven. And whatever I have to lay aside on that journey, it's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it all. Some beautiful, happy day. And so remember to lay down whatever you have, whatever you're battling, Get into his presence and wrestle it out with Jesus in prayer. Thank you so much for joining me for this journey. I look forward to meeting up with you again next Friday. If you have questions or to download a typed or a handwritten transcript of today's entry, you can visit MegUnedited.com. For now, go grab your journal and your Bible. I look forward to the power of this habit in your life. This is unedited. This is for you. Happy, happy, happy Friday.